This episode's been brought to you by the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund. For more information, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Greetings, Horns. This is Coach Mike, and welcome to another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, I'm joined by Texas Taekwondo alumni and old friends Wei Li and Master Paul Cho. Join us as we share that advice and talk about what Texas Taekwondo was like 20 years ago. Mike, so uh, you're the you're you're the father with the most kids, three kids now. I like the way he put that. Yes, yeah. yes. So you have the how how is your homeschooling? Because uh, you know, because uh, Mike, you have three. Way you have two two daughters, and I have one. So yeah. you know, because I'm the one in the daytime because I don't have to go to dojang, you know, as much now, you know, because you know. <laughs> I don't have to be at the door. We don't have as many classes, you know, so I have to yeah. focus more on the homeschooling, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh man, I think homeschooling is like a lot harder than trying to do homeschooling. <laughs> is a lot harder than teach, like, you know, teaching a dojang. Do, dojang. Morning a dojang. Oh my goodness. I, I, I'll ah. be at dojang if I can. <laughs> More, I try to teach my own boy. I, I wonder why you're making so many videos, man. I didn't even know you were Manchester and Bowstaff. Yeah. What, what are you going to do next? Let me, let me go to Dojang and make some more Pumse uh, videos. Paul's going to start teaching him how to play content. poker. Or I chose Taekwondo. Chose taekwondo. That's how I tell my wife. How you're done. This is how we karaoke. This is uh, No Hold. Texas, Texas Hold'em. So, <laughs> <Bonus class>. um, <laughs> so I, I think I lucked out because you know Daisy was a teacher. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah. So Daisy was a teacher, and she has, I mean, she's prepared for a day like this, so she has all the lesson plans ready. Right. And then on top of that, you know, um, so both my oldest, both my two girls are in school already. So, uh, the teachers have been just sending, you know. Um, the syllabus and worksheets for them to do. So it's just up to us to follow the schedule and and uh, make sure they do their their homework. Oh, oh um, right. But, yeah, yeah, because your first two daughters already have the the school curriculum sent by the school. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um. So this is, but so the she's fun thing uh, is retired now, Mike. Like she's uh taking care of kids full time. Uh so I mean job, the hardest job. Yeah, I'm. I'm not downplaying it. So no. Um. the The plan was, <laughs> the plan was for, um. She wanted to stay home with with Teddy for one year, and then she would go back to work part time, uh, next school year. Um. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um. But I, yeah. So I, I'm I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually home right now with all of them. Um. I'm not in the office right now. And it's been pretty fun because they have to do PE about one hour every day. And that's when I teach them Taekwondo. I teach them. I I have class every day and I've been teaching them Taekwondo. Oh, Oh, that's good. That's That's, that's good that uh, the the PE, PE is Taekwondo. So, so you're, so Mike, your, your, uh, your kids kind of have a sense that the PE time is the Taekwondo on the time oh 
good. Yes, um, but I have to admit the challenge at first was getting them used to the idea of me teaching them. Yeah. Because they would, we would. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure you've you've been through this with with Luke, oh. right? Um, I mean, when when I'm trying to teach them, they just act like I'm daddy. Yeah. And they'll try to play around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. yeah. Yeah, like I, I go through that with Luke. I think like mm-hmm. with if, if my other instructors, for some reason he lose, he pay attention better. But when I try to teach them, he goes, <laughs> "Daddy, what are you doing?" But he knows I'm a master, you know. Like uh, you know, but then at the same time, you know, you know, Daddy, you know, yeah. I, I guess it's a little bit you know, different that because you know. Is I'm with him every day. So, but yeah, just like how some kids, you know, they go to the school or they go to the teachers. They sometimes make they mm-hmm. pay attention better because you know it's, it's mm-hmm. a different environment, different instructor. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I teach him different things. Like during this time, I teach him more. Like we go to backyard and then we play. Teach him try to maybe soccer or like basketball dribbling. But he plays ah. better with dif- different activities than Taekwondo. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something I try to do. Yeah. So, wait, are you going to get your girls into Taekwondo? Yeah, at some point, maybe. I mean, they, they're, uh, yeah, my oldest, is, they're finishing the third year of like cheerleading. And I think we're going to take a break next year. But I don't know. You know, like Penny's, uh, she's going to be in sixth grade. And her, you know, her goal has always been to be like a sideline cheerleader. So we do like competitive cheer, which is like team, you know, stunts and routines, whereas she always kind of wanted to be on like the sideline, like on a football <clears throat> game. And so, okay. yeah, but it's a different style of cheer altogether. You know, it's like uh, Taekwondo and like Kenpo, right? It's like Pumse versus Sparring. Um, oh. so, so which one is which? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just write the check. Um, so, so, you know, like, I guess technically, like, it's, uh, you know, I guess there's more show. I guess, like, sideline cheer would be more like Kumse. So it's more on, like, form and showmanship. Um, this is going to be a weird analogy. Um, and then the other part is, like, competitiveness, right? Um, so, you know, next year she'll probably focus on that. But, you know, I, I think – you know, maybe when they're older, if they grow out of this, then, you know, I'd really like to put them in martial arts for, you know, a couple of years just to have them, you know, more for self-defense aspects to have them prepared yeah. for it. But, uh, yeah, I'd like them to do it, but they just, you know, they're, they're into this right now. So, you know, kind of let yeah. them, them guide it. Oh, cheer, cheerleading is a oh, very big business. Oh, my goodness. It is a there's, big, big business. Yeah, there's, a, I mean, it's, uh, there's also a cheerleading school. It's called the Woodlands Elite cheerleading school oh yeah very close yeah yeah we see them all the time yeah and they have over like almost two thousand members in this just one location whoa yeah (laughs) yeah jeez yeah 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 and and they're really good yeah yeah we 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 cross paths with them all the time uh yeah they're really good i think my yeah i have a cousin that's like 12 and she she went to woodlands elite for a little while but, uh, but yeah, cheer, cheerleading is a big business, big big Texas thing. Yeah, I think it's also because the cheerleading is also very, you know, the the team based, very team based uh, activity for mm-hmm. girls and boys too, right? I mean, mo- but they they get to have share all this practice time, 
and the competitions like how you know how we we got to, we used to go to competitions and then you share all these like memories together. I think all these kids yeah. and the teenagers they share all these type of uh, tournament memories together. I think that's why it's very like you know like good business. <laughs> yeah. Someone got bored and popped a bottle. <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm listening. Right, I'm not, listening. Can we talk about I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> well, but, you know, people in cheer get kicked in the head too. You know, it's a, it's a high concussion <laughs> sport. Um, uh, but but yeah, it, it's a lot of that. I mean, like during competition season, you know, they're they're at the gym, you know, four to five nights a week. You know, practices are like two to three hours. Um, so so it, it gets real, gets real intense. Yeah. And you know, whenever you get get to the higher levels, um, you know, you're just you're just holding your breath watching them, you know, because everything happens and that's wow. like it's a two minute routine and you just watch it and there's there's no you know, there's no coming back from it. You know, if they mess up yeah. that two minute routine, it's it's over. It's done. Mm. Um so so it's it's pretty crazy. And then, you know, physically it's it's pretty amazing. You know, you start watching the higher level cheerleaders and like, geez, you you think about it and it's like Man, what if you put those people in Taekwondo, right? You know, at least now they'll have like explosive power, flexibility, and, like, mm. short twitch muscles. Of, yeah, right. You guys remember when uh, UT Taekwondo first started, and we were in uh, Gregory, and we'd share the room with the Kung Fu guys. Uh, I remember a little bit of that. Yeah, but most of the Kung Fu guys were like ex gymnasts, so you know they would like watch us do like a you know they you remember like Dan used to do like that backflip board break. And yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. And he'd have to like launch off of somebody's hand, and then you know these guys would be like, "Oh, that's a backflip." <laughs> and it's like they just had it. It was like, yeah, yeah but you know, Dan knows how to. Throw yeah, but do you want you want to spar? Yeah, yeah, like Dan knows how to throw that with bad intentions. You just know how to do it, but then you just kind of have that like jealousy of like you just did that just then. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't know how to make impact with it. So. Like for Daisy and I, I know the girls want to get into gymnastics. Um, they do ballet right now. And um, for us, you know, everyone always asks me, hey, Mike, when you when are you going to put your kids into martial arts? And I don't know for me as a parent, I've always been trying to find that balance of not pushing my kids into something they don't want to do. And they'd be miserable. Pretty much I, trying to find my balance of not being a tiger mother and be, being like more like an American parent. <laughs> <laughs> um so i i never i never pushed uh the girls into taekwondo i think they just kind of they heard me talk about it a lot and they were very curious about oh, it oh that, that's a good that's a yeah. very good approach mike yes yeah, yeah you don't want to push so I, I know yeah you kind of want to yeah. yeah i think that's good that's a very good way you, you kind of want to get them kind of like curious and get their attention but not to just just force them right yeah. yeah, and I, I think there's certain activities like you know I, I think especially if you develop like a gymnastics uh, athleticism or a ballet athleticism, they can learn Taekwondo in their teenage oh, yeah. years, right? You know, yeah. whereas like you know if like what happens if you get, turn 15, you know, like me, and you discover all of a sudden you should have been a ballet dancer, um, then it's too late. You know, you can't you know go back and become a ballet dancer or a gymnast. So you kind of have to work with one what they want. Yeah, uh, but two also, you know, what they're physically capable of, um, you know, at at what age, right? So at a certain age, you know, you just can't pick up, you know, ballet dancing, you know, and even with like Penny, Penny didn't start her her cheer program until she was like eight or nine, and at that mm. point she was a little behind, you know, just physically, you know, we we you know we had her in like kind of the rec, you know, gymnastics where they're doing you know 
part balance and part, you know, bars and this and that. Whereas like, you know, there's like these crazy Texas parents that put their kids, you know, they only want their kids in cheer. And, you know, these kids are doing back tucks at oh, the age of four, you know, oh. like, <laughs> so, so, you know, it is like, Oh, well we were a little behind, but yeah. Sometimes you got to think about, you know, like what do they want? You know, if they want to yeah. do ballet or if they want to do gymnastics, um, Mm. Yeah, there's, there's only a certain point you know physically that they can do it you know if somebody wants to be a gymnast at the age of eight that's way too late you know yeah. it's, uh you know we and again i think you kind of have you know being an allen allen texas where you know you have like hyper competitive sports you know you just kind of see it you know there's all these kids that have these kids have like strength and conditioning programs just like a michael johnson performance center mm. Uh, you know, like a mile away from me, you know, there's, you know, all sorts of, you know, youth, like CrossFit type gyms around us. And it's just, you know, people want their kid to be on this like crazy, you know, D6, you know, football team. Yeah. But, you know, but that that's the same thing in every sport. You know, you have lacrosse kids and you have, you know, ballet kids and competitive dance and, you know, cheer, all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's for us, you know, especially with a lot of these sports is they're really expensive. Um, so yeah. it's, it's going to be a balance of, you know, what do you want to do and are you able, you know, what are you willing to commit personally to, to this, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, what do you want to do? You know, like my parents didn't care how good I got at Taekwondo. They're just, you know, it just felt like something that put, put me in. Um, but you know, for a, a lot of, you know, like the kids in this, this area, you know, their kid, they want their kids on that Allen football team. So they're putting kids in like speed camps and strength camps at the age of, you know, eight or nine. But it's it's interesting that you you pointed out that you can learn Taekwondo later in life and still and I think you can still be very successful even if you you start Taekwondo like in high school. And that's actually something that we started seeing at Texas Taekwondo recently. We are starting to see more college students come in their freshman year and they have like a a pretty solid athletic background and like maybe track or dance or something like that. And then we teach them Taekwondo from the very beginning, from their freshman year. And then, I mean, they have the athleticism down and they just pick up the Taekwondo techniques throughout college and they, they excel. They're, they're just doing awesome with it. That's awesome. So, so why yeah, do most people like start Taekwondo in, at UT now? I mean, and this is coming from, you know, 18 years ago when, you know, we didn't know we're, we're digging for students and uh, lo- looking for more always. Um, but, but, you know, like why, why do you think people are, I watch those videos and there's just, it looks like there's 60 people in every class. Dude. So I think this past year we hit 150. That's crazy. Yeah. Like um, in a class or like total membership? Total membership. Wow. Total membership. Um, so I, for me being able to see um, both, both generations, um, I can't, I think the number one main reason why a lot of people are are attracted to or the appeal the appeal of Texas Taekwondo now is um it's like a sense of community. I know that sounds a bit cheesy for us, but it, it's like they they go there and they feel very accepted. They feel very welcomed, and not that they weren't before back in, during our our days, but you know that's like if you ask any of them today why they come back to taekwondo or texas taekwondo it's all because of community and um they do a very good job now of making sure everyone's included um socializing uh they have a blast when we go on tournaments and travel i mean that's where most of their memories come from 
Um, I mean, what was it like for us back then? You're right. We kind of were scrapping for people. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, uh, you know, similar. I think it's similar. You know, you, you find your, your sense of community and people you have, you know, weird things in common with. And, you know, I, I think for us, it was always it was Taekwondo, but, you know, all, you know, we all kind of like the same music somehow and all like the same movies. And, you know, I think, you know, for people of the uh, late nineties and early two thousands, we all grew up with, you know, the, the Van Damme movies and, you know, Bruce Lee movies, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Don the Dragon <laughs> Wilson movies. And if you weren't involved in martial arts, I mean, if you mentioned, yeah, they might know blood sports, but you know, they didn't watch me you on know, Lionheart 10 times and they don't know no retreat, no, no surrender. And they don't know who Don the Dragon <laughs> Wilson is. And, uh, you know, it's just those little things that you don't know yeah. that you have in common. And it's like, oh, and they do. And then for some reason, they all like the weird, you know, everybody likes the same weird 80s music, too. I don't <laughs> know how that all works out. But, yeah, same thing. You know, some my best memories were, you know, training. And, you know, and after training, right, is, uh, you know, like going to eat pho together and uh, you know, yeah. karaoke and stuff like that. So, you know, it's all kind of the, the same thing. And I think we all had the same... Uh, you know, social inclinations where it's like, oh, we're not really, you know, heavy sports people or, you know, frat people or anything like that. And you just find, you find a little niche and then you fall in. And for us, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't 150, you know, we might have a membership of, you know, 30 to 40. Um, but, you know, it was always kind of the same group of, you know, four to five guys and, you know, people kind of, sometimes it's a group of 10, sometimes it's a group of 20, but, you know, it always kind of, you know, whittled down to four or five, but, we never had 150 to pick from. It was always just kind of the same, yeah. the same crew. You know, well, if you think about it, I mean, we were there at the very beginning. Well, at least I know y'all were. I mean, what, 1998, 97, both of y'all were there? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I came, I came around in 98. So, Paul, you were yeah. there for sure. Yeah. I was, I was there from, oh, did we lose Paul? <laughs> I, was there, I was there from 97 to 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, you were there when it formed. We, we, we walked the stage the same year, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were at the same graduation, That's right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2002, we were both five-year seniors. Yep. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess you also have to kind of look at it in, in retrospect. I mean... It is a well-established student organization now that has 20, 23 years of existence. So, I mean, almost every mistake that a young student or organization makes and the traps that it falls, we've made all those mistakes up until this point. So a lot of corporate knowledge has been passed on. And I think that definitely uh, falls into the success of the, the organization now. You know, for us back then, you know, we had to struggle with, starting a new organization and making sure that it's up to regulations and then recruiting at the same time for a brand new organization that was also competing with an existing Taekwondo club on campus, right? ITF club. And then another Taekwondo club trying to form up um, conceptual self-defense and then all the other martial arts clubs. So we were, we were trying to find an identity at the time. Yeah. And I think nowadays the identity is set and it's very strong. Yeah. No, and it's good that it's a uh, welcoming environment to beginners. Cause I remember, you know, I was probably in and out of Taekwondo club the first, you know, year or two, you know, back in like the master Kim days. 
Um, because, you know, part of it was it was small and, you know, four of the core members were like amazing Taekwondo athletes, right? right. There, was, there was like Robin, Paul Cho, uh, that guy Jason Lee. Um, there was Jong. Like, Jong, yeah, the, the, the real buff Korean guy. And you'd go and you'd see these four guys and you're like, all right. I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm out. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to hang with these guys. You know, these guys are kicking my ass every time. And then you know, you, and you know, I was just kind of in and out. And then you know, when it got bigger, I was like, oh, there's more beginners. It it balances out. So you know, that's another good thing with the you know quantity of members is you're gonna have people of all different ranks. Whereas like, yeah, you know, you you walk into a room of four, you know, second degree Korean black belts, and you're like. Nope. I was like, these guys barely speak English. Don't know how they got into university. Just kidding, Paul. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but they're just you know, amazing. Yeah, you know, they. Yeah, you know, two of them had you know Taekwondo schools, and you're just like, uh-uh. I was like, I'm not sparring with these guys anymore. Too fast. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, it's good to have that diversity of membership. That's true. It's it's definitely a lot more diverse now. I mean, a lot more diverse. Um, I I feel like a relic at times. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Back then I have to admit when I, I joined Texas Taekwondo back in 2000, it was, I was still trying to identify and explore how I fit in as an Asian American, especially at uh, a place like, you know, UT, but nowadays, I mean, you don't even need to identify as Asian American. I mean, it's just, you can be whoever you want and Texas Taekwondo is a good place for you. Uh, by the way, Mike, uh, how did you have an idea of starting this uh, the as the pod podcast of Texas Taekwondo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the idea is, I mean, so it really kicked off because after COVID nineteen and um, the university pretty much canceled the rest of the semester, so all the students had to go home, mm. and then we we had to cancel our tournament going to collegiates in berkeley right. right and so um i don't know with like the sudden change and everyone going back home we didn't want to lose connection with everybody right so um each of the coaches some of the student athletes um some of the senior members we came up with a plan to remain engaged with everybody so uh the coaches myself we will have these podcasts once a week and oh. then some of the other students will have um, training classes every day. Oh. So, yeah. So I, I, I think I've noticed that like a lot of other uh, dojangs have also done the same thing. They have their classes online. Yes. So we're doing the same thing. Okay. Oh, so there's like Taekwondo training like online with the university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Texas Taekwondo, we have um, a class every every day. Uh, some days are strength and conditioning. Some days are punze, some days are just stretching and stuff like that. Very light, uh, but just to just to keep engaged. Mm. Oh, that's cool, that's, that, that's real good. That's good. That, that's that's really important that you guys, the the club is uh, staying connected during this during this time, and uh, yeah. still trying to keep up with the training. Yeah, because I think it's it's kind of hard. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, it's not the same when you're not together physically. Uh, yeah, to train harder, but yeah, at least you know, keeping together and encouraging each other, and then sharing virtually. That's very important because that's that's what we are doing at our dojang too. Yeah, yeah, really? I've seen your videos, Paul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the ones where you guys still make contact with each other. <laughs> Social <laughs> distancing. Yeah. <laughs> 
My my I'm hand only touches my this part of the pad, wearing so you're switching now. going to that part of the pad. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I started. I mostly I'm doing that video by myself, you know, because you know, people are, you know, you have to be careful, but yeah. people are sensitive about you know those kind of things. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 not even. It's what I noticed is. I mean, I think we're becoming a bit too overprotective that even if they see you having contact, like people will call you out on it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I remember like, way, way, like way. Way texting me. Yeah. Paul, I, uh, your, your video is violating a social distancing <laughs> order. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. My bad. <laughs> I think the first one had uh, your dad, who's in that demographic. That we're all concerned about, and like six people, I was like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Don't worry, I don't think COVID has taken out a ninth degree black belt yet." He's good, he's good, he's an exception. So, Paul Young, how have your students been receptive or adapting to this new way of learning? So, I think, yeah, I think for younger. Uh, I mean, younger, you know, kids, you know, we, you know, you, you and Wei, all, we all have kids. So, I mean, you know, I think the kids, sometimes they're a little bit confused. Even my son, you know, he's four, right? Luke is yeah. four. And he's kind of confused why he doesn't go to school, right? Like, wh why, why, you know, do yeah. I don't, you know, we don't have to go to school anymore. And then he says, is this still coronavirus day? <laughs> and then I think he's a smart kid. Yeah, a lot of our uh, tech students are maybe going through the same thing. You know why uh, they're not going to school, and then you know, and then they're but at the same time they're getting kind of used to this virtual class uh, already. You know, it's already been like well, how many weeks? So they're already getting used to taking classes uh, virtually from school, right? So yeah. Now um, we have more and more students are uh, uh, participating virtually to our, you know, to our classes. Um, but still, it's not the same. I think you know we don't have, you know, we have uh, three three schools, but we don't have as uh, participants participating members uh, our kids as much as we want to. Things. Yeah, so it's not the same as actually being at the dojang, you know, training. Yeah, yeah. So are you doing the? the uh, yeah. Are you doing the Facebook Live and uh, are you guys doing like Zoom classes at all? Or yes, we are doing Zoom. Uh, we actually just started doing Zoom classes last week. Um, uh, but we've been doing Facebook Live uh, and uh, uploading the videos on YouTube. Uh, and then, but uh, yeah, the the Zoom classes, yeah, it's, I think that's that's more effective. In, mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can actually see the see the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our our kids, uh, you know, they're both in cheerleading uh, mm -hmm. and not taekwondo. <laughs> but uh, you know, it took about two weeks, and then they started getting like Zoom classes up and running. But it, it's good; they keep the teams together, and you know, they all log in at the same time. They do the same workouts, and then. They have uh, you know, different workouts, but it, it's good. It's engaging. It gives the like coaches a chance to like talk to them and stuff, and they get to see their like teammates and stuff as well. So, 
Right. So it's good, man. It's a challenging time for, for those kind of sports, contact sports. It is. Yeah. 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 I think martial arts so, is very, very yeah. And a lot of lot of dojangs, a lot of schools. Uh I saw the Facebook feeds, you know, they're I think they're sharing that it's it is challenging time for the school owners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean it's the business you gotta run too. That's right. that's scary. Right, right. Um, but really, I wanted to hear about uh, Paul and why you started just first, why you started in Taekwondo. And then second, mm-hmm. um, why did you start with Texas Taekwondo back in gosh, 1997? Mm, yes. So so basically, I'm, you know, I was born in Seoul, Korea. So when in Korea... The Taekwondo is very, you know, of course in Korea, so it's very pop- popularized among among younger kids. And uh, even even I remember even in uh, kindergarten and elementary school, Taekwondo was actually a part of the curriculum. So oh, wow. I was yeah. So even elementary school, one of the PE course is Taekwondo. So you don't necessarily go all the way to black belt. But you get mm-hmm. at least intro- introduced to the basics of Taekwondo, such as you know low block, front stands, and uh, walking stands, different stances, and then uh, horseback stands and punching. So those mm-hmm. kind of basics. So, um, uh, so I was very, you know, as a kid, I, I got interest, interested in doing Taekwondo. But at the time, my father was not grandmaster. He was actually oh, really? working for the yeah. He was actually working for the Korean government. Oh, and then, and then my mom, my mom was the uh, house, you know, stay, stay, stay home mom. And uh, they, you know, how Asian parents, they want their kids to try many different activities, uh, after school activities. And Taekwondo, Taekwondo was one of them. And, uh, amongst like piano, you know, uh, soccer. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of Asian uh, students, they relate to that. Having doing different yeah. type of you know, <laughs> and then, I know, no way, yeah. I know way relates. <laughs> right, you know, I know Wade's daughters are very into uh, cheerleading and right different <laughs> musics too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. So, so one one thing I really enjoyed was you know outdoor activities, and uh, taekwondo was mostly indoor, but you know I really enjoyed learning the kicks and then meeting different. Uh, different kids in the class, and I really enjoy a lot more than going to piano lessons. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so was your dad mom. teaching at all then? Like uh, he wasn't a grandmaster, but was he a black belt? So he, he was so he also also you know Korea has the mandatory army duty, right? Military duty. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he did. He wasn't like a hardcore taekwondo uh, practitioner in high school, even in college. In college, he was actually a uh, uh, part of the taekwondo club as well. Every every Korean university pretty much have taekwondo clubs, but mm. there are certain universities such as like Yongin, Kyunghee University. There, there are very one of the top taekwondo programs. They have they even have a, to up to PhD in taekwondo. They have like doctors oh, wow. in taekwondo, right? A doctor so, in taekwondo. Yeah, yeah, they have a PhD, and then they basically become the professor. And then they write mm. a lot of thesis papers about how taekwondo is beneficial to, you know, the, the human, you know, development. Yeah. 
So, uh, so I think Taekwondo was uh, part of the background that how he worked for the, I guess, the Korean government. But he didn't really continue until, until after. So he he was a black belt, but actually he came to U.S. when he decided to become uh, more dedicated to the Taekwondo and te also Taekwondo as a business. Okay. So mm -hmm. he, yeah, so he continued to be, continue to practice and he actually became a grandmaster actually. Uh, I think he was, at the time he was like fifth degree when he came came here, but he continued mm -hmm. to work with Kuki Wan and then he became the uh, eighth degree black belt and then became a grandmaster. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so for me, I didn't learn from my father but I learned from one of his friends. Oh, yes, okay. Yes, which was, was actually close, close to uh, our neighborhood. There's so many Taekwondo schools in Korea. Uh, <laughs> at the it's time, like there were less. Yeah, right, exactly, yes. And then that, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why a lot of instructors want to venture out to different countries. Because oh. after they study, there, uh, there are quite a few Taekwondo students in Korea from universities, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to find the, and the, the, of course, Korea itself is very competitive with the job market. So they try to venture out to, especially the U.S. market, and they, you see, you know, you get to meet, you know, many Korean instructors at the tournaments, right? You, get, you can kind of notice mm -hmm. that, that are from, that are staying here. And uh, uh, so, yes, yeah, so I learned that way, and then I actually uh, got my first, Black belt at, at the time is pum belt because before you're 16, you're not officially a black belt. So you right, call it right, right. Uh, pum, pum ti. So I, I was at the time, uh, I was like a couple years before we came to US. So I, I was about nine years old. Uh, mm. My instructor took me to Cookie One in Seoul. And uh, it was one of those uh, big events where they invite the students to test for the black belt, young, especially the young students. So I've uh, tested at the Cookie One for my first black belt. For oh, wow. I, yes. I've always wanted to go to Cookie One. Yeah. Always wanted to go to Cookie One. Yeah. I just, I just remember there are so many, you know, people that are actually sitting in the stand, out of parents, family, they come to support their students and, yeah. uh, and the instructors. They bring their students from the each dojangs, and then there are mm -hmm. uh, you know the I guess the chairman and the grandmaster sitting in the front, and then you do your pumse. They they randomly I remember they randomly, I vaguely remember they randomly call out which pumse you have to do. Of course, you're oh. from <laughs> Taeguk Iljang all the way to Taeguk Palchang. So you have to know. Okay, so it's right, random. Right before choreo. Yes. Okay, yes. random. Yes, because choreo you learn when you attain the black belt. That's right. That's right. right. So that was a part of it. And then you do one. I remember you do one board breaking. Um, board breaking was, I think it was just like a punch, one hand technique. Uh, and then you have to do sparring. But I remember they lined us up like two lines. And then uh, they just, whoever you end up with, and then you spar. And then at that time, I remember <laughs> there was no sparring gears. You just like, just start punching and kicking each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like each each there was like two two long lines, and then whoever you in, end up in that 
end of the line, you end up sparring. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they, oh, I remember that, I think they divided by the age groups, though. Yes. Because I remember okay. the kid that I sparred was about the same height as me. So they say, okay. They say, I was about to say, yeah, they say, she I think it was like about one minute, just start punching and kicking. And then there was like no <laughs> referee. They're just watching. <laughs> and then I say, hello. And then you just, and they go back to the line. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, kind of like my experience on my first uh, black belt test, and then uh, we moved to US and uh, graduated junior high and high school in North Houston, and then uh, uh, I decided to go to UT Austin, which was one of yeah. the best decisions I made because it, it was either A <laughs> and M, it was either A and M. University of Houston or UT Austin? So, so I think it's funny because at the time, A&M had one of the best Taekwondo yes. um, clubs. Right. At the, Master Peho was there, but yes. I, I couldn't see. I couldn't imagine Paul Cho, <laughs> Master Paul Cho as an, as an Aggie. Right. I couldn't see right. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, pretty foppy back then, you know. I still have the, I think I still have the little, you know, Poppy uh, accent, but I was like, I, 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 mean, I, I couldn't. I, 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 no way, Paul. I, remember, no way Paul. I can't. But I, can't, I remember no. you guys. You guys ever visited? You guys visited the A and M campus, you know, before you mm-hmm. decided to join, right? Yes. So the impression I got yeah. was like, wow, this is very, uh, you know, agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> they like farm animals a lot here. Right. And then, and then I visited Austin. I was like, oh man, this is like such a awesome city with the hills and the <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, the campus you know and the diversity yeah. of students you see you can even see the difference you know so yeah i feel i fitted more in ut austin environment so yeah so after i joined you know you you go to the what what, what was the event called the 40 acres where the clubs is the 40 where the other oh. clubs to the the introduction yeah, yeah. For, recruiting the, the members. I think it's 40 acres. It's 40 acres, yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I remember that. I, I think, yeah, it's kind of long ago, but, you know, because I wanted to continue uh, practicing and continue training. So I think I, yeah. I asked around uh, a few friends, and then they said there's a, I remember they said there's a, a pretty, there's a professor there, which was uh, Professor Yoon. Master Yun. Yeah. Right. And he teaches oh, there. And he has a club yeah. there. Uh, so I remember I visited uh, that club one time. And then, uh, and then I ended up meeting Robin Young and uh, Jason Lin and then Tina and yeah. joined their practice. And I felt like uh, I was, I was going to have more fun uh, in the WTF club, right? Yeah. And at the time, there was ITF club too, right? I remember that. Yes. <laughs> so the the instructor for ITF back then, I think his name was like Travis Young. Yeah. He's still there. Oh, really? He's still there. Wow. He's yeah. <laughs> so I think he. I think he. He just stayed in Austin ever since he graduated. He he's an architect, and he still coaches itf taekwondo and we have a really good relationship with them we oh. will do cross training with them okay every now and then oh. um the last time 
collegiate was in Austin last year. Right. We, some of them wanted to compete. So we brought them on board with our team. They competed with us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because they have a really good cut kick. Yeah. 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 Fighters have a good cut kick and that's, that's, that's the big thing now. Cut kick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cut cut kick is very big, big these days with the Olympic style sparring too. Right. Yeah. Is there, is there, uh, I had to learn it. There, there are sensors at the bottom of the, when, when did they start having the sensors at the bottom of the foot? Oh, man. Um, I don't know when they started it, but I know right. they, they go through a new version. So I think now the new version is Dato 2. Right. And so they have sensors on the heel. Mm-hmm. They have sensors on the heel of, the, yeah. of your foot. That's so, why the cut kick's pretty yeah, so, big. Yeah, oh. yeah so it's, it's two points for a clean cut kick. <gasps> two points wow. to the body. Wow. Three points to the head. Okay. <laughs> three points to the head, and if you do a spin kick, if you add a spin, that's an that's a that's added right. two bonus two points. Yeah, that's like five points then. Um, yeah. right there, you can swing a whole match right there with a yeah. spin spin kick. To that's the head. right, right. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, a cut kick does it yeah. does it have to land with a heel? Like I was watching some videos of it. Like the, the does it sometimes land with the ball of the foot if you land it hard? Um, for the for a cut kick. Like it's just a plain cut kick. Um, so I mean the the sensors you can adjust the sensitivity of it. Mm-hmm. So the, I think for black belts they have it as like the most like hardest sensitivity. So like I mean you can set it to where if you just touch mm-hmm. touch the sensors from the heel to the hogu, like you'll get a point. But they'll adjust it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I mean if it's a cut kick, it should properly score. And then if you do a round. Roundhouse kick. Mm. Their sensors on the instep as well. So, right. I think they do a pretty good job of breaking out the difference between the two. Mm. I think right. so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, freshman year, I joined the club, and that was like the beginning yeah. stage of the club because uh, Robin Young and then Jason Lin and Tina, they were the founders, yeah. original founders of the club, and um, it's the second year. Was the second year or third year? I served as a vice president when Robin Young was the president. And then I was the vice president. I think that was 90, 98 or 98. 99. Yes, yes, yes. So I was a... And then Dan... Yes, and then Dan came as a president, right? And then and then, yeah. that after that, uh, we, Mike, you joined when you were a uh, sophomore or 2000... I joined my freshman year. year. Freshman year, that's right. right. I, that was 2000. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> freshman year I joined. Right. I remember. I knew what I wanted to do. I remember I emailed Dan when I was still in high school. Right. 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 Oh. I, found, I found the website, uh-huh. and 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 on y'all's website, you had you had a profile for each person in the club, and Dan would make this like, um, he had like the levels of like how how much power you had, how oh. much speed you had, <laughs> kind of like a street fighter, <laughs> kind of like a street fighter, right? Was it yeah. like a because there's like street fighter too. <laughs> And then, like magical powers, yeah. rank number seven. And I then, what was your favorite quote? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Wait, um, when did you start Taekwondo? You you started in Corpus under Master Lumumpao. Master Lumumpao, yeah. Uh, Master Lumumpao. I started late, um, probably like sixth grade-ish, fifth sixth grade, and uh, yeah, did. Just did a couple years in junior high, and I was kind of like in and out in high school. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, just mostly, you know, my parents had a restaurant, so I had to work, work at the restaurant, and then, you know, you kind of get bored, and then you go, you know, do Taekwondo for a few months, and then you get bored, or or you or I needed money, uh, you know, <laughs> I need to get a car, so I'm going to go back to work. And so you kind of in and out in high school, and then, um, you know, and then, you know, in college, you're just looking for something to do. My first year in 97 was at Baylor, and they had like a Oh, IPS. that's right. You they went to like Baylor for a year, club. yeah, oh. yeah, and uh, it, it wasn't a lot of it wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> so, so you know, when I transferred to UT, you know, like and mostly it was, it was an ITF club, so I wasn't really used to mm-hmm. it. And there's some uh, you know other stories with that. Um, but but when I transferred to UT, you know, I was like, oh look, a W an Olympic style club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like I was like a WTF club, and then that, that's when I joined. And I think uh, yeah, at the time, I think Dan was involved. Uh, Paul was was coming off his vice presidentship. Uh, the Robin was still there. You know, Jason was in and out. So it was, uh, right. it, it was a pretty elite group, man. You know, walking in and, you know, you know, two of the guys barely spoke English, right? Paul and, <laughs> and I was like, this is really intimidating. They have six foot Koreans in this thing. And, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, those Master Kim was involved as well. Right. That's right. Real, Master Kim. Yes. Real organized operation. Whereas, you know, when I was at Baylor, it wasn't at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, kind of kind of in and out. And, you know, like Dan was uh, such a good recruiter. You know, I, I just remember like, you know, one, one weekend he was just like, when are you going to come to a tournament with us? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, when's the next tournament? And he was like, this weekend. I was like, I'll go. <laughs> I was like, I'll... Yeah. And then when it was, it was a great time. I think we drove up to Dallas and uh, it was a great time hanging out. And then, you know, just kind of stuck around you know, with the club through, throughout uh, the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of one of those uh, – as the historians would say, uh, I was in and out, I think, 98 and 99. Um, you know, I went to UT. I started UT in 98. And I remember it, it was small um, in 98 where, you know, yeah. it was at, at some point it was just like Robin would send out an email and was like, hey, we're meeting at this room at this time. And it was never set. And I was like, well, I'm free at that time. I'll go. And it would just be me, Robin, and Dave. Mm. And then uh, it would be like, all right, well, here, you know, the next, like, semester would be like, here are set times. And then there would be, like, more people there, you know. And, you know, some of the names I remember you know, back when I was really, before I was really involved was, like, you know, I think it was, like, Sandeep. And then I remember, uh, oh, remember I remember Jim, he was, like, oh. six foot six. He was, like, like tall. Robin's protege. Yeah. But, yeah, he was awesome. Tall Jim Abram. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, because he could like roundhouse, and you'd try to get out of the way, but you yeah, couldn't because he was, he was like, just six, so tall. Yeah, he was like six six, and you know, like me being five seven, I was always a heavyweight, and I was like, "How does this work?" <laughs> but but you know, he was like this amazing like, protege, and then um, yeah, there's some other guys out there. I was kind of in and out, and uh, I don't think I really committed to probably until like ninety nine, two thousand. I don't maybe two thousand. Uh, but I was, I was just kind of, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. When I, I came think along. it was like, yeah, whenever Mike showed up, I was like, this is the guy. I was like, this is the guy. Even, you know, Tom Pullering with Paul Cho and everybody else for, for two years. But now, you know, I, I, I smell oh, it. I was smell now we're serious. Generation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I meant to ask y'all, how did... How did Master Kim get involved? Because he had a school in Pflugerville, and this was around the same time that the Olympics were um, right around the corner, and uh, his daughter, Esther Kim, 
and Cape and Capo, he was gearing them up for for the Olympics. How was he involved with Texas Taekwondo at the time? So I know he had uh, some relation with uh, Robin Young. So he he mm. from the invitation uh, of Robin Young and Jason Lin, and it was before when I joined the club. They already established. They, okay. they already established a coach relationship with him, and uh, he he would invite the students to his dojang in Flugerville, and then the training. Uh, and then once in a while, K Po joined the training together. So yes, okay. I remember I trained a couple times with K Po, and then she would demonstrate fast kicks, you know, fast double round ass kick, yeah. and then Master Kim would like, oh, this is a uh, you know. <laughs> kind of shows the proud, proud moment of of his uh, student. Yeah. yeah. So, so he yeah. was already established, and then he really put in a lot of time and effort into trying to develop the students and uh, into practice. He he would oh, teach wow. each class himself too, uh, whenever he's in town. Yeah, really? he'd come come and then he would, right from the beginning the stretching to. Mm-hmm. Different combinations, uh, different drills. He would he would lead us too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that's rare to have a master of that caliber still lead, you know, some very fundamental exercises. Right. right. right? Usually, usually a grandmaster just lets the the first stand black belt lead, you know, warm ups yeah. and and basics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. You still have a school. I, I haven't heard Master Kim's name in in, in a long yeah, time. I believe his school's I believe his school's no longer there. Um, yeah. yeah. So I remember one of my first few classes in the fall with Paul mm. Young. Um, so when I learned when I trained in Taekwondo, I didn't have a Korean master. All my masters were oh, Vietnamese. Yeah. So yeah. all of the counting, all of the moves were in English or in Vietnamese. And so I didn't start learning Korean until I, w- I got to Texas. And I remember one of the first few classes I had with Paul and he was like, all right, Mike, count to 10. And I started counting in <laughs> Vietnamese because that's what I was used to. And you started <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> oh, I think I vaguely remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, I was for uh, years and years, it was always in uh, Vietnamese and I didn't learn any Korean. I didn't hear any Korean until... I got to Texas until I got to Austin. And so I had to learn how to count in Korean. I had to learn, you know, all the commands in Korean for the first time at 18 years old. So are there schools that will teach, like, count in English? Like, one, two. Like, I feel like it'd be so so weird. Rex Kwando. Rex Kwando. (laughs) It's so weird to see it, like, counted. You know, like, you know, sometimes it's weird to see. Like, I I think, Paul, one of your school's videos, one of your instructors Mm -hmm. is uh, Caucasian. And it still throws right. me off when he's like, "Hana," and uh, I was like, "You know, he's good." And I was, yeah. I was like, "But it's kind of weird seeing, you know, like a Caucasian yeah. right. uh, counting Korean." And then I was like, "But you know, but then it'd be even weirder mm. if it was a Caucasian or an Asian counting <laughs> English. Like it just, it would just seem yeah. so unlegit, yeah. you know." Well, I mean, so part part of the rank test now, part of the curriculum is you have to know the Korean, you have to know the yes. Korean commands. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. I I looked I looked at the curriculum at at Cho's Taekwondo Academy. I I looked at yes. the curriculum. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're checking it out. Yeah. yeah. So so we have you know pretty much three different sectors, which is uh, 
So sparring is not really a big, especially for the kids. Because some kids get intimidated, but mm-hmm. very importantly, the pumse form, and then the blocks, in English and Korean, and then the yeah. commands they have to memorize, like sabom name, chariya, kyongne, the basic, right. basic commands, yes, yeah. and then yeah. kicks, yes, like chariya, yeah. and then kicks, uh, some kicks they have to memorize by Korean, like tolyo chagi, ap chagi, basic, ki chagi, things like that, yap chagi. <laughs> Du- duo chagi, duo chagi, <laughs> duo chagi. Yeah. I remember duo chagi. Yeah, yeah. What's Toki, that? Toki chagi. Chiki chagi. Chigo chagi. Yeah, that's what I remember. Chigo chagi. Chigo chagi. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's sad. Um, All these Korean words make me hungry. <laughs> like a like a bulgogi kalbi. <laughs> that's right. Bulgogi kalbi. Yeah. Can I can I have some more kim- kimchi? So Dan. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are really cool yeah this is a good time was uh you know and you know i'll credit it to maybe dan i think it goes to dan was uh you know he set up these like you know we'll call them marketing events uh but he did this thing where he was like hey i'd like for you to come and help us teach self-defense to the sorority on west campus and i was like oh, wait, <laughs> i remember that I like, why wouldn't i yeah. know <laughs> and uh yeah, and, it's an uh, easy and yes. It was like one of those where like the instructors outnumbered the sorority. It was like, yeah, five instructors. No, that's not true. No, all right, that's not true. There, it was we we all fit in Paul's Volkswagen oh, yeah. at the time. He drove a little Volkswagen. Yeah, so it was the four of us. It was Way, Paul, me, and Dan. And it, you're right, it was at a sorority, so we were yeah. teaching self defense. <laughs> And so I, I have to correct you. We did not outnumber them way, but I do remember this. At the end of it, it it, it was a great self defense class. Everyone was happy, and as we were leaving in Paul's Volkswagen, <laughs> we were pulling out of the, the really small par- parking lot. Paul <laughs> hit someone's oh, car. <laughs> do, you, do you do you remember that, Paul? Say no, Paul. I, I think you, you hit no. one of the girls' it cars. It was a no, self-defense class, and then we had a drink afterward, and then maybe. It was... No. <laughs> but I, I do remember that. Yeah. Well, so that was your I, defining I moment, so. Wayne. I, I think because after that, I think it was right after that. It was like, <laughs> hey, self-defense, and I was like, yeah, I'll go. And then uh, it was like, hey, we're going karaoke after this, and I was like, all right, I'll go. And then. That was it. I was in. And I, I don't know. I, I think that was probably your freshman year. So whatever year, whatever year. It was my freshman year. It was, was whenever I was like, all right, I'm in. I like these guys. Um, uh, he, he had the coolest hair at that time. Yes. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I couldn't. That resist. was the first time. Couldn't resist was, the hair. <laughs> could not resist it at all. He it was the type of hair like he kept a comb in his back pocket. And I remember hanging out with him um, on Gregory at Gregory gym. Like we were tabling mm. and like he had the cool slick back greased hair. And it was the first time ever in my life. I'd seen someone bust a comb out of their back pocket and do that cool, like combing motion yeah. with their hair. Like, this dude is so cool. I want to be in Texas Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Yes. He had a very distinct special style that attracted people's attention, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he, he was voted as like one of the most popular people yeah. 
on on campus right, for a right. while because yeah. he he would stand there and do like yo-yo yeah. tricks. I don't know if you oh remember my that. goodness like, you did yo- i think one 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 of the taekwondo classes we ended up just learning yo-yo from him for like 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> we're like oh come on you're gonna learn some yo-yo from you you know and then forgot about the kicks for now oh so we all ended up buying the yo-yos of our each yo-yo it's like Gavin young me and then and then then will show us this one trick and then we'll practice for a week. And then next week we try to, you know, Robin will be the judge. I mean, not Robin Young. Uh, uh, Dan, Dan will be the judge. <laughs> who, who's to see who, who, who do better. But he has some... How, how was that? He has some sting. How was that Taekwondo related? <laughs> yeah, at the time I was like, oh my yeah, gosh. wow. You know, because, you know, yo-yo, you also have to put, like, you know, it really requires, like, hand coordination. And it yeah. does, you're right. And coordination, and then practice, and then you know focus. <laughs> your kine- your kinesiology major, you should know. Oh this. yeah, wait, wait, no, he's, uh, I remember Wei and I. Both, yeah, we both were both you. kinesiology major. We had the same classes together. Team kines. Yeah. <laughs> Team kines. Yeah. Paul, how has the uh, Noria Bang uh, industry been coping <laughs> with COVID nineteen? Do you Dude, guys have to, the bailout? Do, do, do you have to, uh, you know, share microphones, or you got to bring your own microphone six, you know, six <laughs> feet apart? How, how's that? How's that going out in Koreatown? I think we lost them. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Oh, so wait. Speaking of Nolibong, um, guess who I hung out with a couple months ago. The Nordi Bung lady? No, no, no. The one with the short I'll hair? give you a hint. No, no. Oh, we lost Paul Cho. Um, I'll give you a hint. Uh, he was in Texas Taekwondo with us, and he is also from Corpus Christi. Oh, uh, Jerry. Good time, Jerry. Big Big 12, Jerry. Yeah. Big yeah. 12. Big 12. So he moved, back to, <laughs> he moved back to Austin recently. And we, um, some of the alumni, a really small group, we, we had a, an alumni get together in Austin um, back in December, and we all met up at Nolibong. And Jerry shows up. And, uh, dude, he, it was so fun to hang out with him again. And I have to admit, dude, he, he started putting up this playlist, and it was so ridiculous. And I, I was like, hey, Jerry, before you get on the mic, are you, are you sure you can, you, you're going to go through with this? And he looks at me and he goes, hey, Mike, you don't live in Taiwan or Japan and not learn a thing or two about karaoke. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> all right, man. And I swear, he blew it away. It was, pro- it was one of the best performances I've seen. And I'm not trying to take thunder away from you, but I put it up there with your performance of Living on a Prayer by Bon oh, Jovi. Right? It yeah. was that good. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, Jerry, you've been listening. Was... Shots fired. <laughs> so I, he definitely has a signature song or songs. And I swear, if the next time all of us are in karaoke together, it will be a blast. I mean, you throw up Bon Jovi. And he throws up his playlist. It will be a blast. You know, it's weird. It's you know, we went, um, you know, I, probably like one time in the last ten years, or a couple times. But you know, we went once this year, 
and uh, you know it's like the voice is different you know it's like it, it's just different <laughs> it's like two decades later you know it's like you, you lose you lose your range and you have to refund it but uh, so wait are you telling me you can or you, you cannot know, I, I just, sing I just living to, on you a know, rediscover myself and uh, find out what my my okay. new range okay. is and uh, you know may, maybe it's less of uh, bon jovi and uh, and journey and maybe, maybe something else uh, a little deeper what's what's something else i mean Bon Jovi was I, your I thing, know, man. It was, it was, but you know, maybe like a uh, Taylor Swift or something. I don't know. I, I miss, <laughs> I miss, uh, I miss the ways uh, Bon Jovi living on a prayer. <laughs> I miss, I miss Paul Chow's Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was Paul Paul Young? What was your signature? It, I remember the first time you busted out with yeah. Gina Shan. Hey, yeah, yeah, I think uh, Dan. Then uh, he really liked the the turbo turbo yeah DJ Dog yeah. like <laughs> that's kind of you know yeah cool yeah in the cool yeah that's some some old K-pop oh that right. was yeah <laughs> yeah hey so what oh, man I don't even think we went to an awesome you know that that warehouse type place that um... yeah. Barely seems legal. Is, is that still open? Has that like renovated? Has that modernized? So, I was I was I was just about to mention that. So I've driven by it a few times, and I don't think it's there anymore. I don't think it's there anymore. But you there, never knew it the, was there the new before, karaoke place. It, was, it almost seemed illegal. Um, even back then. That's true. Yeah. You had to have, yeah. You you had to have a Korean friend <laughs> like Paul Cho to let you know that it actually existed. Um, but the, the main place now is on Lamar. It's called Austin karaoke. Um, it's, it's like right next to the yellow rose. Where? So it's, it's, it's just like a little, just North of the yellow I'm rose. Not sure where that is. What, what's that? <laughs> it's like Can a reference point Austin on any Austin map. At, the, at our alumni party one time a while ago. Yeah. Yes, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. With Robin. Yeah. yeah. That was the one. That was that was the most people yeah. I've ever seen for Texas. Yeah, Taco that was a good. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Alumni. We had a proc. We had a practice in the morning, and then uh, we went to yeah uh, Joe's company dinner. It's like a company building, right? And then we yeah. had a the uh, the dinner there, right? And then we had an after party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was five years ago. Wow. Can you believe yeah. that? That's yeah. five years ago. Wow, that was a that was a, a good a, alumni, ultimate alumni frisbee war, warm up. Correct me. Yeah. Although yeah. well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Way enjoyed himself because I remember we put in Bon Jovi "Living on a Prayer" and he was waiting to sing it, and then some of the younger <laughs> alumni <laughs> like started singing it, <laughs> and Way was like, "What the?" No, I was like, "You guys did a bad job teaching these kids respect." They don't know. They don't even know. Like wipe down the mic. They don't even know. Give it to me, you know. Inaugural Bon Jovi. And only only one person sings Bon Jovi. Not the whole room. Only one person. (laughs) I think we spent about a good fifty fifty, right? Fifty fifty percent of the time in the in the training room, and then fifty percent of the time in karaoke. I mean a lot. And me mm-hmm. and uh, me and Paul used to go by ourselves. You know, 
Wait, what? Yeah. Like, you know, being kinesiology majors and so, uh, yeah. so, so studious, uh, yeah. uh, you know, just every once in a while on like a Wednesday evening, you know, I, I remember I'd just go with Paul, you know, I was like, all right, we'll just yeah. go. And I, I remember it got to a point I'm where like, we didn't even drink that much. <laughs> We'd go like, like, like <laughs> beer? No, I didn't, I didn't either. It's like, all right, let's just sing. We'd just do it so yeah, I think yeah, We're we just saying. I think, I think that, that memory, like every time you hear the song you play the song that uh, it reminds of the the time that we've been together like, i think the song that brings that brings out the memory yeah. <laughs> especially when i think of bon jovi i think of whaley <laughs> i only think of whaley i only think of whaley oh, I, I remember uh no one else you know whenever uh gangnam style came out and i was like oh paul was listening to this oh. a decade ago <laughs> I was like, I remember this guy a hundred percent. You know, Paul used to remember you, you used to have those yeah. parties at your apartment and you'd watch those like Korean music videos. And like, <laughs> the people from Korea just mail you VC. You know, they're, they're like video, they were cassettes, right? Like, you know, like this was back in like yeah. 2000, 2000, 2001. You know, pe- like we'd go to Paul's house, you know, Paul's apartment and they just pop in these like cassettes. <laughs> there was this like chubby Korean guy that would like dance around. You know, like, oh, I was like, oh, the guy could like rap and he could dance, and then, and then twenty ten years later, he takes the country. Yeah, look at Sai YouTube. Yeah. So how how are your parents doing, Way in Corpus, with all of this, and your sister? Because your sister has a yeah, restaurant you know, too, yeah, right? Yeah, she, she has the the restaurant now. My parents sold you know sold the original restaurant. Oh. Uh, that, that sponsored the okay. Corpus Christi Open uh, <laughs> back in 2000. They sponsored, oh, um, sponsored the tournament? Taekwondo tournament? No, no, the no, tournament? No, no, they, yeah. they, they sponsored the UT Taekwondo oh, team. I think we, like, uh, yeah, it was probably like eight of us or something, you know, drove down oh, to Corpus. Yeah. We stayed at my house and uh, yeah. I remember yeah, that. You know, that was we fun. Ate every meal at my restaurant. And I was like, hey, you guys want to check out this local burger place? And they're like, no, 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 no. We want to eat for free. At a bamboo garden restaurant, <laughs> so, um, so, so they, they they sold that restaurant. My my sister has a restaurant. If anybody's in Corpus, it's called Eight, the number Eight, and then T E. Uh, but but yeah, it's struggling like like most restaurants are now. You know, it's uh, it's only open for you know takeout yeah. and um, and delivery. Um, so so yeah, it, it's a it's a tough time. It's a tough time for you know all restaurants out there. So. So does takeout and delivery, does that even remotely close to help like just stay no. afloat or like a no, band-aid I mean, on it's this? Barely no? a band-aid, man. It's like uh, you know, you, you get a band-aid Jeez. and you put it on the other part of your arm where, where it's not bleeding. Uh, so so you know, it's yeah, it's probably, you know, a quarter of the business and you know, being that all dining is out, it becomes Jeez. maybe yeah, thirty percent. You know, maybe a third. Not even. You know, barely a third of the business. So it, it's real challenging, and you know, you, you have to lay people off, and you know, that's a little easier in our in a restaurant environment to to kind of you know cut hours and you know lay people off and you know kind of give them whatever they need to to apply for whatever they need. Yeah. Um, then you know, a corporate environment, which you know, I think we're seeing you know a lot in Dallas, um, but Ooh. you know, it, it's just it. Most people get it, you know, like nobody thinks, you know, how, how are you going to get mad about it? Um, but, you know, it, it sucks for yeah. all parties. You know, I, I think it sucks for all parties. 
Yeah, I think the solace in all of this is that everyone's suffering. And I don't know if that makes us feel better, but you know, everyone, everyone's dealing with yeah. it right now. So not, not, no one's trying to get a leg up on somebody. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a trickle down suck, you know, right now. So, so it's, <clears throat> it's unfortunate. Paul, do you remember? So we would always go to FA after, after training and I don't know. Paul would always pull the sneakiest order. Wait, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I know this. He would, <laughs> he would, we would order FA. And then he would finish all of his noodles and he'd be like, oh, I still have some soup left. Hey, can I order some extra noodles? And he would. <laughs> yes, yes. And then, and then, and then like somewhere along the way, he would like, oh, yes, can I get yes. some extra soup? A, did they have all this noodle? I think because back then it was extra noodles were, they didn't charge for it. Right. They didn't. didn't. No. So yeah. you found the loophole. So yeah. why not? I was like, hey. And you then found the loophole. It was, you know, <laughs> most of the time it's just after our practice, we go to fo, right? And then we're all so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be hungry. And, you know, of course, yeah. when you're a college it, it, student. It's still like a hipster thing. Like at, at the ramen places, it's like, oh, okay. you know, you can order extra noodle at the end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, Fa's been doing that for But I know these days, but know, these days, the the place, they charge, they charge you. They charge you. Yeah. Oh, uh, Paul, you ruined it for all of us. The, the no more. The Paul no more. Yeah. The, for the, you. Yeah. The, it's the no Paul Cho policy. No more free soup for you. Lime, and then it's the extra noodle, and then yeah. the extra soup. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we got to. Oh, man. Talking about. We got to so, support the restaurant businesses. I need to get some food to go for our local fall restaurant. <laughs> Especially true. these days. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So I meant to ask you about that. Is that is that a very common thing that you know conferences for dojang owners? There is. And instructors there is actually a very, uh, I think, predominant like uh, conference, like a community for dojang owners, uh, martial owners, which is Jason is also part of. Uh, uh, one of them is very uh, uh, ASA American Sabonim Association, and then. Uh, yeah, Whoa. Art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Mar- <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. American style association. Yeah. Association. Yes, hey. And then <laughs> there was also martial martial art uh, business uh, association. So yeah, there are uh, mm. school owners that there are uh, sharing <clears throat> ideas and. Yes, yes. From all over the country. Yes, yes, yes. That's From how, I, that's country, how yeah. I keep keep sometimes touching with Jason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I think as far as the Taekwondo community, it is uh is everybody seems like very connected too. Yeah. I, I remember Mike, I, I I think I listened to the uh, the previous uh the podcast. Or uh, you're you're talking to yeah. Daniel, and then uh, because Daniel, yeah. oh uh, yeah. he's a former president, right? I met him at the alumni five, yeah, five yeah, years yeah. ago. The last time we <laughs> right, met, right, 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 because he he got a he trained at my uncle's dojang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samuel, yeah, and he yeah. trained with Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. The last That's time right. I saw Samuel was at your <laughs> wedding, Paul. 
I've been I've been trying to get hold. Of, I texted him a while ago, and he'll he'll like respond with like hello, and that's about it. But then he he disappears. He disappears. But I tell you what, Sam, Sam, I got to coach him for a year, and he was so right. quiet. He was a very quiet kid. But when he right. sparred, he was so good at sparring. Like you could tell him, Sam. I want you to cut kick 100 times uh-huh. and he will go out there and just cut kick uh-huh. 100 times uh-huh. nonstop. And he would win that way. He was, right. he was very, right. he was very athletic. Right. He was very, a little goofy, the, but athletic. <laughs> a cut kick is like a, a side kick. Wait, wait, wait you're asking what's the, like yeah. what's, what's, yeah. what's a cut kick? Did, did you ever do Taekwondo way? Wait, wait, you didn't keep up with the modern, <laughs> modern kicking wait. of Taekwondo now. Is the... I know. The modern, kicking, it is kicking, modern, yeah. Yeah, kicking didn't exist <laughs> when we were uh, at a Texas Taekwondo, right? <laughs> it, was, it was a sidekick or... That no, one didn't. trembling shock Every... was Every... The, uh, the measure of a point. <laughs> no. <laughs> Real quick, raise your hand if oh. you have a black belt. I, oh, <laughs> I, I'm raising my hand. I know Paul Cho is raising his hand. Wei, uh, Wei, are you raising yeah, your I hand? I have uh, one of the rare uh, three-decade red belts out there. Uh, this red belt. Hey, so do you remember Jessica Lee? She was in Taekwondo with us. She was the, the secretary of the club. Yeah, yeah, the uh, she had she had and, um, historian, I remember. Conflict <laughs> at the, uh, the front office. Andy. No, yes, I remember. She was great. No, no, no. Did she really? Her. She was great. Um, so she she recently got her black belt, way. So there's oh, still yeah? hope for you. <laughs> she 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 got her she got her black belt way after Texas Taekwondo. She didn't start way at the beginning, but she stuck with it. And she enjoyed she, it. She was a, she, she so was a green I think belt. you can do it. She was a green belt. Yeah. Yeah. She was a green belt and a blue belt. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can get your cookie one with Paul Cho. I, I do have a friend that's a master now. You know, it's, uh, you know, and, and I, I know he's, uh, he's susceptible to certain influences. So, <laughs> so absolutely. <laughs> What, what, what kind of influences? You know, that's between me and the master. Fair between enough. The master. And even though smartphones weren't uh, around in 2001, 2002, plenty of evidence that will get me a black what? belt today. It was Paul Cho and Robin Lee and Jung, and they were all awesome, and I was a, you know, at the time a uh, 14 year red belt now a 30 year red belt <laughs> hey paul i still get to keep my red belt right? when, when do i go back uh, when, when do you take the colors away um, that does happen, that happen right, paul? Well, as it long as you there's as no such thing as regress as long as you keep up with your dues to the american sabanim association <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Cho is the treasurer. <laughs> I'm just a member. <laughs> just a member. Saponimus. Hey, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think I've drank this much in a while. 
Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's really important to capture... Paul's like, you've learned nothing from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think... So, <laughs> I taught you nothing, Mike Tran. <laughs> I was shaming. The belt means nothing. Oh, oh. You know, you know. I, let me say one thing. Yeah. That, also, uh, from uh, this uh, recording, that uh, it, <laughs> it kind of reminds me how how much fun we had together. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! It, it reminds me how much I want to see you guys back again. You know, peacefully too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I mean, Mike. Yeah, this was fun. I mean, whenever I think of college, I definitely think of y'all. I mean, you, Wei, Paul, and Dan. I mean, we yeah. we had a lot of stupid times together. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think we can definitely it's have. It is it is the highest highest level of compliment. It the is. Compliment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this next one. I mean. If there's a tournament in Houston or in San Antonio, Austin or Dallas, let, let's make a point to meet up there, and we will all go back to Wei's house, and he's gonna cook for us. <laughs> well, I have a house in every major Texas city, <laughs> and he's gonna cook. Sta- he's gonna cook yeah. steak for all of us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, Wei, Wei, steak. Yes, let's do it. All right, I want so. That. Let, let, let's finish here Paul, Way, I love you you're my favorite brothers yeah. this was a lot of fun yeah. Um, yes. yeah we should do this again yeah love I'm you sorry. Mike thank you yeah. Yeah. thanks Mike thanks for putting this together thanks for keeping the club running uh, feels like we have some sort of legacy Paul thank you for the videos uh, <laughs> I'm not going to admit it but sometimes I work out to them uh, <laughs> sometimes I laugh at them a little bit of both <laughs> But they're, they're a good time. I think they're great. You know, your, your students are very lucky, Paul. They are. They are, Paul Cho. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. Man. I love you both. I love you both. I love you all. All right. Bye, y'all. Later. All right. Yeah. This has been another episode of Texas Taekwondo in the Coach's Corner. If you would like to contribute to the Texas Taekwondo Alumni Association Endowment Fund, please contact Texas Taekwondo Alumni at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, hook them. <laughs> Wait, what are you drinking? You're going to have quite a bit of editing to do. Yeah, I've got a lot of editing to do.